You're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Nick. This is Lucas. This is John. This is Tom. This is Tyson. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. If you need a place to drink some good coffee and read comics, Watchtower Cafe is the place for you. The cool thing about Watchtower is it's not just a coffee shop with comic books. It's a great place that lets the geek community in Utah hang out and get together. Go check them out at 1588 South State and tell them Big Shiny Robot sent you. And then you just don't even have to worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. Don't you fucking say it. Don't you fucking say it. Welcome to Big Shiny Robot. We are recording. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dudes. We're here. We're here sans Tom this time because it seems like we like to rotate out. Someone to take a break. Like everybody be well rested. Tyson, do you feel well rested? No. No. Not even a little bit. I'm excited to be here, though. You've been burning the midnight oil. Yeah, that's right. You have a tank top tan line. Yes, I do. Turns out guns out. You're reaching new levels of white trash. I'm proud of you. Dude, I'm just reaching for the stars with it now. Sexy. Dead mm. sexy. So I don't want to waste any time. Spider-Man Homecoming came out. We talked a little bit about this as a primer episode, but I want to talk about what we all thought. By um, the way, they love the prim- uh, bunch of people I talked to love the primer episode. That oh, really? Great. Yeah. Uh, so, so thanks again to to your man, Bentley, for giving us that recommendation. Kilt-wearing motherfucker. <laughs> Kilt-wearing motherfucker. So um, I guess as a fair warning, not that we ever have to fair warn, but we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie talking about it. So if you don't want any spoilers, maybe uh, maybe worth skipping this episode. Maybe come back mind, next week. We will, uh, we'll be talking in great length right now about this. Or it's a podcast. They can come back at their own leisure yeah. after they've seen the movie. Yeah. It's, it's technology. It's great. Yeah. Works out well. We're not live on a station over the FMs. It's not a thing. Dead media. So I want to start, I guess, maybe we'll go with favorite part to start. So the Spider-Man home came in, came out and I've had everybody and their brother text me about it, probably being the Spider-Man fan, which is cool, but it's been hard for me to kind of distill it down to just moments. Um, it was great. I really loved it, but I want to start with John, if you're willing yeah. and able, what, what was your favorite, either your favorite, not necessarily moment, but what about the movie itself stuck out to you? Well, I'm going to say favorite scene right off the bat, hands down in the car. Driving to homecoming. Oh, yeah. When the stoplight turns green and Michael Keaton has realized that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and it just puts that green tint over his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's getting more and more internally psychotic. Yeah. yeah. You just get that classic vulture green color on his face. Why was... didn't do like the internal dialogue? Oh God! Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and kudos to Michael Keaton. Um, so you knew what he was thinking. Oh yeah. The man can act. He sold the scene without ever saying, "I know that you are Spider-Man." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, multiplicity. (laughs) You know. (laughs) And he said that's why he took this role because you know he's he did the Batman thing and then he did Birdman, and uh, he said it was for those types of moments in the movie that they had written in there that he took the part because that was the stuff he loved. He said, sure, getting in the suit and stuff like that was fun and all, but as an actor, that's what he wanted to do, and he thought he could bring something to that role. So oh, and he, and I think he nailed it. He, he totally nailed it. it. It was awesome. And I, I felt like in that scene, well, leading up to that, when Peter finds out that Liz's dad is the vulture, that surprised the hell out of me. I did not see that coming. Right? It was a good... And it's, I, I usually like see that Rebecca stuff. bitched about. 
is they're like she's like i wouldn't say bitch she pointed she's like i mean it plays on stereotypes and i was like what stereotype that we just assumed that she didn't have a white dad I thought her dad was oh. Barack Obama. Yeah, we, <laughs> she looked like she looked like the Obama daughter. I, pers- I personally didn't make any assumptions about her dad because I didn't think it who her dad was would fucking matter. So yeah, what does that have in the context? Yeah. Rebecca, try again, Rebecca. God, so Damn, so sick of these warriors. people just looking for <laughs> just, racism and. Oh, can we talk about how glad I am it wasn't Miles Moreno? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved uh, that whole payoff. Of the vulture being the dead. That's a completely that was, Peter Parker story. It, exactly. It felt Call that like the old Parker spider. luck. Yeah. 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 Old penis Parker. <laughs> penis Parker luck. Well, and they, they, that was a, a much like thinking back on it. That was a much later in the movie reveal, I think, than you would normally find. Usually mm-hmm. that's like a halfway point. They find it out and then there's the drama ensuing after that. Totally. This was a solid three quarters of the way through the movie, if not even a little bit further, because after that, you know, then he goes into prom and leaves prom. And uh, homecoming or please. sorry homecoming yeah, oh <laughs> the name of the movie right did you just get that so i mean it's yeah <laughs> it actually just lit up a bunch of uh lights in my head um he's got the green light now it was very much like toward, like right at the end of the movie you get that kind of twist instead of the halfway point oh it's this and he's gonna uh sneak around and shit totally yeah so do you want favorite scene or favorite thing about the movie so if yes yeah, either either or and uh so you keep thinking. No, oh, fuck you. Fuck you, Tyson. Favorite thing or scene or whatever, just your favorite from this film. So I'm a visual guy, so I gotta say that fairy sequence that we all saw saw in the trailers. But the yeah. whole the whole sequence though, from like how, why he went to the fairy, like completely going off the grid and going against Tony and Happy Hogan's wishes, and pretty much like sneaking out through the window as Spider-Man mm-hmm. to go thinking he can handle this shit and then immediately gets in way over his head. And then, of course, the awesome segment of uh, of trying to keep the boat together yeah, yeah. Um, really reminded me um, of Spider-Man 2 when he's trying to stop the train, which mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite superhero scenes of all time. I thought that was awesome. And just the part where he's just hanging there because he missed a couple of the, the load bearing um, parts of the boat. So he's just trying to hold it together by himself. I yeah. thought that was, that was a really fun scene that even though we saw that in almost every trailer, at least a couple snippets of it, the whole scene for me was just like probably one of the centerpieces of the movie. And then that, and just Tom Holland, I think is just like the perfect Peter Parker. I was, mm-hmm. I was not, I loved Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker, but I also think it's because I thought he was better than Tobey Maguire. But now if you throw Tom Holland in there, he's by far and away, I think the best Peter Parker they've thrown on screen so far. I would definitely agree with that. I, I thought that scene was great. I liked how, um, it, it being a coming of age story that a lot of the hiccups that Peter had through the movie were his own doing. Yeah. Like yeah. That. immaturity. Yeah. Like, exactly what tony was warning him about totally yeah um so nick so i'm gonna go with both here so my favorite part of the movie is i talked to you about this a little bit even though he's 19 when they filmed this he felt like a high school kid Mm -hmm. and everybody in the movie felt like high school kids the fucking announcements like the morning announcements (laughs) yeah that was great those were so jack tv yeah Yeah, and just i love those he like everybody there feels like a high school kid. There's him and uh, Ned are hiding in the halls and like the kid taps on the window. Like, 
what are you what are you doing and he's like i'm just doing so what are you doing uh, chess like it's it felt like high school a lot like and everything in the hall pass when he's talking to yeah, Liz. having the hall pass it felt very 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 high school uh my favorite scene though is with the uh, donald glover yes he they're talking about that and i know the backstory of who he is but they're just bullshit and he's like they start arguing about the sandwiches and like they're like oh you fucked up that deli like they've got that like little connection. It's there's a lot of things that made it feel like a really like it felt like an actual world. It felt or, grounded. A lot of the Marvel movies yeah. aren't a world. It's here's these important people and these things are happening. And this was the first movie that felt like part of that world. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar to the TV shows. But yeah. it kind of like bridging the gap. Well, I think it also helped that yeah. like everything didn't always like just that whole montage of him going out and stopping crimes after school, and like he sa- saves that stolen bike, but then like he doesn't know where the person is. Yeah, he's like where? Like oh god, because like, of course, <laughs> like if you catch a guy like stealing a bike five blocks away, you know. Yeah, like, everything I'm, wasn't uh, perfect. Yeah, exactly. The um the whole Ferris Bueller bit that they did. Yeah. Yes. Where yes. he doesn't his web shooters is like oh, I'm out in the fucking suburbs. Yeah. Yes, that was I'm just so gonna the long pan of him running across the park. <laughs> Which I immediately thought of you, John, because it was nods to other movies. <laughs> I love the. I just love like when he just he gears up at the party and then he jumps down and just shows him shoot the web and then immediately t- shows it from the back and you just see this long strand of web just fire off into that golf course. That was that was great. Which I would have. However, sorry to go on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, no. In that Ferris Bueller montage, doing a nod to Ferris Bueller, I would have had Parker leap through a window into a bedroom where Cameron is laying, and he just turns, he goes, <laughs> I think I'm dying. <laughs> Parker just keeps that running. That would have been amazing. Yeah. I, I liked that they yeah. just, like, I saw it, and I was like, holy shit, they're doing the exact thing. same thing, and then they played that exact scene in the movie, and I was like, a little on the nose, but I like it. Ooh, but I'm not sure if, it, if you've read up on the movie much, but the that was their goal was to make a John Hughes movie, and yeah. the guys involved making it were freaks and geeks guys. Yeah, which was totally how it felt. And Tom Holland studied um, uh, Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future. Really, he used him as an inspiration for acting like a awkward, unsure teenager, just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. But he said one of his influences were for portraying Peter Parker, which I thought was perfect. That's totally very interesting. So I think for me. The, the whole movie was great, but the, the thing that sticks out the most for me was when the building came down on top of Peter and he was pinned underneath it. Yeah. And it was, you know, he's a kid and the terror and that the fear of like, what the fuck have I done? I'm in too deep. Somebody come help me and him having to pull through that on his own. Yeah. That was the, was the up, arc. Spider-Man was straight up crying. But you yeah. being he was a kid. Yeah, Which I mean, is, yeah. I like that. Different reasons, but it pulled from the classic Stan Lee Spider-Man where he would yep. get in that impossible situation. He's like, well, gotta do it for Mary Jane and Aunt May and <laughs> memory of Uncle Ben. And, and that's he was doing it for him. Yeah. It was part of it. Like yeah. For me, it was like, I need to do better than this. I'm better than yeah. this. Well, there's a bit of a callback to earlier when he gets in way over his fucking head and Tony swoops in and saves yeah. his ass. Yep. Twice. Twice. Because the boat, I mean, obviously he wasn't hit well, yeah, the danger, boat. But, but I'm talking you know, about uh, a tight situation. Yeah, when he's uh, stuck in his parachute. Oh, yeah, in the, in the lake. Yeah. yeah. I I really, really, really like this movie. So also, oh, I was just going to say real quickly, I felt like they used Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man just enough. Mm-hmm. In the film. I felt yeah. like it wasn't too much. I was worried that he, it was going to be a Spider-Man and Iron Man movie, but it was very much a Spider-Man movie 
and Iron Man trying to keep the training wheels on him and keep him safe as a, like a protege. And every time he showed up, it was warranted. It wasn't just like, let's, let's put a little bit more Robert Downey Jr. in this scene. There was a reason for him to be there. And they're right. seeing fired on also, like when he's lecturing Peter, mm-hmm. I thought that was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I was very happy at how much and how little they used Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. I dug that they, without being explicit about it, it was, they didn't refer to Uncle Ben. They didn't refer to the responsibility, but you could see in Peter, he was looking for that mentor, that father yeah. figure in Robert Downey Jr. without being heavy handed about right. it. And that's why it mattered so much to him to do well. Right. And then his arc of then at the end becoming, realizing that he can take up his own space and be a kid and he doesn't need to keep chasing after that to be successful. Yeah. The, the being a superhero, you know, the Civil War bit. I was surprised how much they ended up tapping into Civil War by having the press conference and him wanting to out himself as Peter Parker is a, a fucking what fifteen year old kid. Yeah, and uh, well, so damage we're... control is yeah. a huge part of that yeah. because yeah. that was the resolution of Civil War when Tony Stark took over as Shield director. Like his first directive was signing a huge contract with Damage Control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like I like that Michael Keaton. It was a very, uh, Adrian Toomes was a very Walter White character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He got where he was coming from and why he did it. And when you see him in his house at the end, it's not like he's scrimping. It's not, he's trying to make it's ends meet. Nice fucking house. He kind of likes this lifestyle he's yeah. started to provide. Well, and they did it well because it's been done poorly before. And just mm-hmm. to reference another Spider-Man film, Spider-Man 3 with the Sandman. Yep. It's like, oh, okay, you know, when movies try to shoehorn in, like, well, we kind of want you to care about the villain. Like, we want to have, like, ulterior motives that aren't completely evil. And then they just throw in, like, a sick kid that you see once, and then they never talk about or reference or hear about again. Mm-hmm. But you're supposed to remember that he's doing this for a sick kid. That doesn't work. But this, you know, they explain it, you know, right from those opening scenes with, I thought, I love the way that they tied it to the Battle of New York. Oh, yeah. And like how that resulted in all this stuff. You know, he he had a story arc that involved, you know, that kind of made him a, a not a terrible human being. I also like mm-hmm. they didn't push it too much. Mm-hmm. You got a couple minutes. Yeah. And you got it. I don't yeah. know. I just wish we had gotten like a full origin story. <laughs> they never, you know, they never explained how he got his powers. They said something about a spider, spider to net. He <laughs> talked know. about all the stuff Aunt May went through. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's too subtle. Stuff. It's too subtle. Um, I anybody like else that noticed that Aunt May has the weirdest fucking style of right? any hot fifty-year-old like aunt ever? Mm. She was dressing like it was the eighties or like maybe like the late seventies. Yeah. Or the ge- high set pants and the round room glasses and her generation. Perhaps. I do appreciate <laughs> that. They acknowledged that she was hot May like throughout the movie, <laughs> like the waiters <laughs> and stuff, giving her free shit. Yeah. yeah Robert Downey funny. jr. And the, yeah, well, they used to date. Oh, really? Robert Downey jr. And back in like the late eighties, I think. Oh, so she experienced that, that Robert, Robert Downey, Downey jr. jr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Frankenstein comes out. So I wanted to touch on a couple things specifically from the movie. One being, it's driven me nuts that Sony keeps trying to shoehorn in some form of Sinister Six that they've talked about in their amazing Spider-Man movies. Whereas this movie brilliantly has introduced them. At the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, you had all these rooms and the Green Goblins there. And it's very Mm -hmm. obvious. Whereas this, it's, well, Tombs has been making weapons. You've got the shocker. You've got him. They've got uh, what Gargan the scorpion that's been mm-hmm. working for him. 
it's not it wouldn't be that hard to make a bunch of different tech out of this alien gear and have they, those guys they made a good excuse for it i uh mm-hmm. I didn't stick around for the post-credit scene because mm. I had to pee so bad. <laughs> but I looked it up later online. I was like, oh, so it's kind of similar to what we saw in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, they had a room. But it's mm-hmm. it made it work. And then I loved how much the shocker was exactly what he is. A nobody. Yeah. Just some random dude. And they switched it between people like that. Yeah. It's great. Because Tombs grabbed the wrong piece of tech and accidentally killed the guy. <laughs> I was surprised. I didn't think he was going to kill him. Well, he didn't mean to. He thought he was right. grabbing that ant- or the levitation gut or whatever. Even still, yeah, I was oh, okay, cool. I guess that's the end of the shock. Oh, wait, nope. Now this guy gets yeah. to be the shocker. So I, I was, I liked the little foreshadowing of these other characters that they could dive into if they wanted to. Um, I forget his name, but Donald Glover played Miles Morales' uncle for those that yes. didn't catch that reference. It was, uh, I think his name is Aaron Davis. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I I'll remember that forever because that was my childhood bully, Aaron Davis. <laughs> um, Son of it, a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some baggage. Yeah. Some pack. Some baggage here. Um. You want to talk about Aaron Davis? Nah, I've worked through it in treatment. I got. That's good. <laughs> he, it was good. Like uh, Donald Glover plays a good kind of dirtbag. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did like, like, like his whole like bag. yeah he did his whole like lazy eye like yeah. oh man like you know he's a little stoned right then. He's just going about his day. Oh man, their interaction when he webs him to the the trunk. Yeah, that, <laughs> I like, love that whole scene. Cut this off. Yeah. He's like, "Nope, you're a criminal. Nope. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, bye. Bye. Sorry, uh, you are a criminal." <laughs> I knew what they were doing because they like they showed that he was the prowler earlier. They had like a little tiny piece of text pop up when they were doing the facial recognition. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was tiny. Um, I got to see this movie by myself, so like, mm. just leaned back and I was like really into things. Um. And I was looking for Easter eggs. There's a ton of them. Did you catch? Sorry, did you catch the Bagley? So there was graffiti on one of the buildings that said Bagley, who was no. the artist on Ultimate Spider-Man, and has the longest run on any comic with another person being Bennis. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. The way he was playing up that character, though, I was like, I just want this to be like a precursor to um, Earn from Atlanta. <laughs> and that's just like he moved down to Atlanta and then he started his like management career like I just wanted a completely different thing but I think it was a good like little tiny piece we all thought he was going to be the shocker yeah I thought he was going to be the shocker and this makes sense because if I don't know where the the rights land with Miles Morales we did not all think he was going to be the shocker yeah, I, did, I, didn't oh. think I recall that. Lucas being like well he's black and the shocker's black so it must be him. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that that's how it played sure out, but it was pretty close so to it. Somebody go back in the archives, look that up. <laughs> Tom? Tom, could you see that? Um, it's just, I think it was because he was such a bigger name than anybody else. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's what I kept thinking. Is, so we got why the Tinker, too. Mm-hmm. We got just a lot of, a lot of little shit sprinkled through there. I love that guy who plays the Tinker. He's great. Who is the Tinker? He is like the mad super oh, villain he's the scientist. One that keeps bringing up the the suit, the yeah. the high altitude suit. Yeah, he's just the guy there fucking with stuff. And yeah. he's a a regular in Orange is the New Black. He plays the main girl's brother. Oh, I didn't like recognize the free him. Spirit oh, brother. They got two yeah. Orange is the New Black people in there. Who's, the uh, the math teacher was. Um, did you watch the latest season of Orange is the New Black? I'm in the midst of it right now. It's uh oh yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah, what's yeah. her name. The, Dude, the cook. It, yeah, the cook. Yeah. The cook. Yeah, Gloria, yeah, I think, yeah, is her name. Yes. Yeah, she was in there. Fucking Gilfoyle. 
Gil Mar- Foyle. Martin Starr Ooh. being all cheery. He was the best. Hannibal like, Burris with like two scenes. And on Marvel that just confirmed a fan theory that Gil Foyle in this movie is a grown-up Bill from Freaks and Geeks. No they shit. really did? No, they yeah. might as well. Like, They're just confirming yeah. things all willy-nilly. Why not? <laughs> might as well. Yeah. yeah. I really like that um, like Liz and Michelle, not necessarily MJ, but Michelle, were on the same academic team as mm-hmm. Peter. But I also really dug that Flash, they did that with him, too. Like Instead of being the stereotypical just jock douchebag. He's, he's a rich douchebag. He's, he's a rich 80s John Hughes movie douchebag. Yeah. Well, isn't that a school for, like, yeah. smart kid? Like it's like the kids? it's the midtown, right. like, science like, tech like school. High school. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like little, uh, he was zero in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. He does not yeah. look like he's aged since that movie came out, but I love that movie. What did you want to say, John? Um, the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm wondering, did they do this because so Marvel made this movie, but they're paying Sony for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else get the feeling that they were just like, we don't want to pay Sony more than we have to with using their characters. So mm. MJ is not Mary Jane Watson. She is Michelle, whatever. No, but they, that makes sense. Ganky is not, but they're not taking the money. Ned. Sony's Sony pockets, all the money for Spider-Man. Marvel's making no money. Nope. Marvel doesn't make a dime. They, they, they decided that Marvel gets money from their movies. Sony gets money from their movies. The only cross is that Kevin Fee gets creative direction over everything. He doesn't get paid for working on Spider-Man. So why is Amy Pascal shoving shit down his throat? So Amy Pascal, that's the thing. She's been out in the media like, no, 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 this is the MCU. This is the MCU. She's also the one that made a lot of really racist comments about Barack Obama and emails. Yeah, she's a piece of shit. It's well known. So what's happening is Kevin Fee gets creative control over everything. Amy Pascal's over the Spider-Man wing of Sony and the Ghostbusters wing of Sony. And we know how that went. So with the Spider-Man yeah. stuff, she said that we will do a Venom movie. In an interview where Kevin Feig was sitting next to her, and the guy said, well, is that going to be part of the MCU, the interviewer? And she said, well, yeah, of course it is. And immediately after Kevin Feig released a, a press release, said, nope, Venom has <laughs> nothing to do with our universe. We have Spider-Man, and that's it. That's it. Stupid. So She's I, dumb. Part of that, I thought, though, John, especially introducing Miles Morales, possibly, this weighed heavily on inspiration from ultimate spider-man if this goes south who's to say they don't have some tragic end for peter and then miles takes over they could well, they could fuck things up with the infinity war since you know everybody else's contracts I, are I up. mean i'm willing to bet that they're actually gonna pull from the current amazing spider-man and have both and when robert Downey jr's contract ends peter is the heir to stark industries and he becomes the tech billionaire of the new line of Avengers, which will be Falcon, Black Panther, Spider-Man, mm. Captain Marvel. I could see that, too. Um, just a real quick on the whole Michelle thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Feige and then also the director said she is not this universe's Mary Jane. Like there will be and there is a Mary Jane Watson out there. That was just like, like a funny. That was yeah, that was just kind of like a throw some people through the lo- a loop. Mm. So there was a whole interview that. with them. Uh, I read it like a day or two after I saw the movie. Um, it was thank, on another website. Thank God. Yeah. Like, you know, like I don't want to get into a whole diversity issue here. I'm fine with Flash, but like Mary Jane is a smoking redhead. Yeah. They pick on redheads a lot. A lot of redheads end up being black. 
right? This is a new thing. I talked maybe, about maybe this pick on a year ago with the Flash. <laughs> yeah. and- <laughs> I uh, I really dug the Captain America cameos, especially the detention one, where he's like, "I know something about being cool," and he pulls a chair around backwards. <laughs> and the end, because that that was Chris Evans. I, you missed the last yeah, scene. Yeah, it's, it's still like Chris Evans saying like. So is this? Are we doing another one of these things? Is this still going on? Isn't it disappointing when you wait this long for something and it's just this? I was, was so pissed. I like the, I like the one where they let <laughs> us. I was so mad. I had worked like fourteen hours that day. I went to an eleven o five p.m. movie and had to wake up at eight a.m. to go back to work. And it is now two twenty in the morning, and I'm like, oh, just give me a taste of fucking Thor Ragnarok or. Infinity War and you get a PSA nothing. I just figure I can watch it online Chris soon. Evans jacking off, <laughs> throwing <laughs> it in my face. Yeah. Yeah. When they let the one video run long and it goes into the, to the maturity one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I, so your body's changing. Detention. I know something about that. <laughs> Animal Burris turns it off. Did you catch the the spaceship in Avengers? Uh, the Avengers out. What do they call it? Not the oh, tower, the, the new upstate. The upstate. Yeah, the new headquarters. Did you catch Avengers that? Mansion? Avengers might might call it Mansion, maybe Mansion. The the ship that was taking off yes. the airplane and goes yes. in the sky. Yeah, a little Infinity War tie in there. Yep. Really? I didn't yeah, think of it as a spaceship. I just thought it was an early fast plane. I mean, I thought it was a Quinjet. Quinjet. Yeah. Sorry. It was a Quinjet. Yeah, so. I'm gonna say Quinjet. Was, was Quinjet. Right? <laughs> like, uh, I just thought it was a couple uh, Avengers taking off. To go unrelated. I just finished I the last season of Agents of Shield. Oh, I haven't yet. Oh, dude, it was great. Okay. So good. All right, I'll jump on. So it. good. Um, Show's fantastic. So one thing we kind of make the face. It's <laughs> good. We mentioned in passing uh, the his best friend Ned is totally gonky. Yeah. From the Ultimate Spider-Man stuff with Miles Morales. Even to the fact, I don't know if I sent it to you guys, but in issue 16 of the Spider-Man Miles Morales, they're talking about how um, he's talking to this like blogger reporter and he's giving her all this insider information. Gonky is about Spider-Man and she doesn't know who he is. So, well, who, what should I call you? What should I like refer to you as since I don't have a name for you? And he said, well, you can just call me Ned. Oh, interesting. Which is totally there. Like, yeah, we get it. It's the same dude. Did uh, and then did you comment on the Spider-Man stuff, the costumes? Yeah, so the costumes. Uh, first off, like just his, I loved his costume that he gets from Tony Stark. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. It looked perfect. Yeah, it looked perfect. And then I loved the the Iron Man additions to it, like instant kill mode and stuff like that. I thought interrogation that was mode. Yeah, interrogation <laughs> mode. Um, but his homemade costume borrows heavily from the manga Spider-Man. Uh, Costume. yeah i didn't think about that yeah it's it's almost a dead ringer for it um so i thought that was great and then also and the, it kind of uh, looks like ben riley's that's a little what bit i thought a little ben, ben riley, riley. Too, yeah but it, it, with the fingerless gloves and stuff like that it very much uh looks like the manga spider-man mm-hmm. um and then at the very end their take on the iron spider Ew. which i loved because i was like i'm like all right he's gonna reveal a new suit to him i'm like oh my god it's gonna be the iron spider costume and part of me was like, I don't know if that red and gold is going to play in real life, you know, or live action. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that costume. Like, it looked fucking good. It was with all the, just the gold trim and stuff, like the giant spider, the full body spider insignia. Oh, I hope we get to see him in that in like Infinity War. Or something yeah. Like it looked like the, uh, the British. Was it the Kai Arts 
action figures or there's a kai you guys know what i'm talking about yeah but what oh the just the like the spider-man kinda... yeah just Samurai. that metallic yeah did you uh i don't know if you caught tyson iron man's outfit was totally ultimate iron man <laughs> the color code and everything yeah with the, with with the, the color more, scheme more gray and or more silver and stuff below the waist and i love that i thought that was i think for me um this is my favorite Ultimate Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man 2 is my favorite 616 Golden Age Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man 2 is still in my top, but I think this one as far as my favorite Spider-Man movie and even one of my favorite superhero movies because even after all this time, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 is still one of my favorite superhero films, like just so right. well done. I would say this is almost on par with it for it's, me. It was really good. I, I have no complaints about this movie at all. Um, I... Was it you and me talking about it? I might have been talking to Rebecca about it. It wasn't, uh, I have to save the city. I have to save the fucking world. I have to save the universe. It was, I have to do the right thing. I've got to do the right thing and take care of this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to get these weapons off the street. This, like, this I, one person. Yeah. It's not a huge, because I'm sick of every superhero movie, <clears throat> the end of the world movie, being everything's the end of the world. I've got to stop the end of the world. They're very, and this was still a formulaic movie. Sure. Most movies are. Yeah. It, it works. That's why they do it. But it felt the scale of it was right. Mm-hmm. Him being his actions as a teenager were right. Mm-hmm. Everything felt like a kid and trying to do the right thing and stop this bad thing from happening. And it wasn't this huge cataclysm. Well, and arguably it was his actions that escalated it the way. That yeah, he, he fucked it up yeah. and then he fixed it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I totally agree. It was very much a street level story. Uh, essentially like Spider-Man trying to stop an arms dealer and cause you're right. And especially as the MCU goes on, it makes less and less sense for them to do these world ending threats because the question is always going to be asked like, okay, well uh, they're trying to end the world. So where's the rest of the goddamn Avengers? Yeah. You know, if it's something that serious, then you know, where's the other one? Well, I, 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 sorry. Real ahead. quick. I really like the joke he makes. Uh, when he's stopping the ATM robbery, like, oh, Thor, Hulk, nice to meet you. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't there. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I really, 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 really like that Adrian Toomes and Peter Parker are just two sides of the same coin. And the speech that, um, when he confronts Toomes after Adrian realizes that Peter is Spider Man when they're in the warehouse, and he tells him they don't give a shit about us. The the they're it's above their pay grade, as Tony Stark said, or it's below their pay grade. No one gives a shit about us. That's why I'm doing this. That's why you shouldn't care either. Yeah. And that's why Peter cares is because there's no one there to care. So when is Iron Man going to show up to this? When is Thor going to show up to deal with the, an arms dealer? Yeah, they're worried about the aliens and stuff. Exactly. And I uh, I also really liked one thing I wanted to comment on. the. There's a lot of similarities in, his, in Peter's story to um, Robert Downey Jr.'s, especially the ending. It wasn't that Peter revealed himself to a press conference, but Aunt May realizing at the very end, and uh, what the fuck yeah. that Peter is Spider-Man. I, I dug that same kind of cliffhanger ending. That was awesome. Aunt May would never say fuck. That's upset. <laughs> hot Aunt May would. Shit. Yeah. Hot May would. She curses all the time in Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, oh, and the, the continuation of the, the Tombs car conversation when he asks, uh, what's her face to get out of the car. Yeah. And it's just the two of them in the car. The point where he pulls out the gun and cocks it, but he never points it at Peter, never no. shows it to Peter. He just just kind of pulls, pulls it out, and then he's got his arm, but the gun's in front of the chair and everything like that. That made that conversation so much more intense. And it's not like he was wait; he didn't need to wave the gun in his face or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like, hey, 
let's have a conversation here. Like, yeah, let me tell I'm you in how control. This is go. <laughs> yeah, I thought get in my way. Fucking fantastic. Kill you yeah. and everyone you love. Exactly. I have a gun that disintegrates people. The thing about that, though, I noticed is both this movie and then I went back to Civil War. They've completely. Spider Sense does not seem to exist in Peter Parker in this universe. Mm -hmm. So, again, interview with the director. It does. They just didn't touch on it. Because there was some speculation that the suit does it for him in in this version. But uh, they said it's just not it's not one of his powers we highlighted during the movie. He said perhaps in the next movie we'll do something with it. But he's still going through puberty. Spider Sense exists and he has it. So. All right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think that's a cop out answer. That is the, the power. Like, is. I'm just saying, like they have, like the creators of the film have said he's not without Spider Sense, and it's not the suit. And we just forgot to write it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like they released the movie, and like people start asking about Spider Sense. Like, oh shit! Like, oh son of a bitch! God damn it! We could have used that All so right, this well. Is what we're gonna say. So while I I enjoyed the the co- the suit, I kind of worried that it was turning into an Iron Man light as it went on. I really dug the payoff that Peter utilized, like this spider tracker and all that shit and then when he lost that suit he still did the same things but he was smart enough and used his ingenuity to leave his phone in the car awesome yeah it was very true to the character i would be perfectly okay with karen never coming back yeah the i just i don't think i like i like peter as and maybe tony like nerfs the suit or something voice is already in universe man jennifer conley yeah wait what she was in hulk yeah, the original Hulk. Um, Eric Banya. Wait, but that one's Oh, not, no, that yeah. wasn't. That's That one's that's one not, ahead. That's not Reboot Hulk. Yeah. That's Ang Lee Hulk. Yeah. That's okay. Crappy Ang Lee Hulk. Fine. I just... It, I too many AIs. That's, yeah, that's, she, uh, she was Vision's also in wife. Edward Norton Hulk, was she? wasn't she? No, it was uh, Liv Tyler. Ah, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know I that love, and you were just trying to get me no, to say the name? No, I love <laughs> Jennifer Connelly. I don't even remember. Yeah. I block her out of everything, Liv Tyler. I love Jennifer Connelly, too. She's married to uh, Paul Bettany. I mean, my disgust with Liv Tyler goes back to the early 90s. <laughs> the Aerosmith music videos <laughs> where I'd be like, get her, bring back Alicia Silverstone. Right? Get her off the screen. No one cares about your but she don't weird-looking wait. daughter. She don't want to miss a thing. Oh, my God. Okay, so wrapping up, next time we'll see Spider-Man is an Infinity War. What do we think that's going to look like? I think he'll definitely don the Iron Spider suit. What do you think that'll the benefits of that suit will be? I don't know. Um, I mean, did not, no one else catch that in the movie? What? How Stark had clearly already developed weapons and armor for everyone for the incoming the upcoming crisis he's thinking ahead yeah they were talking about he's like i got this belt for thor and blah 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 oh cap's new shield yeah that's all that's going to like the uh what was it the chaos war where he forges all the weird asgardian armor for everyone really but i'm not familiar with that story so the belt though is i can't remember awesome dude so it's called the Chaos War? Yeah, the story itself, it was... I'm going to sum this up now, Please sorry. Do. We Please were going do. on a huge tangent, so buckle up. Sounds um, related, though. Odin had a brother that he locked up, locked away, the original God of Chaos, and he gets released and drops a bunch of hammers on Earth, and a bunch of people get him, but they're like bad. Instead of becoming Thor, you become evil. Like the thing yeah. got one. I remember this. Yeah. Now. And then 
the resolution of that was Tony Stark goes to Asgard, finds the people, the, uh, whatchamacallit, you know. Sure. Oh yeah, my god, the I words escaping people. me. They're short. The dwarves. Dwarves. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that made Thor's hammer, and he has him make weapons for Spider-Man. He makes a suit for himself. He makes a bow and arrow for Hawkeye. Mockingbird had some sticks. Yeah, I didn't finish that story. Oh, it's pretty sweet. So they all get kind all... of ties back into that idea. Yeah, yeah. I think they're all going to have like upgraded vibranium type well, weaponry. Uh, my understanding mm. with the belt, though, Thor's belt, is that the ultimate version of Thor, like where he's there's an explanation for all of his powers, like the hammers for the lightning and stuff. But the belt he wore is what gave him the super strength in Ultimate Thor. If you were to continue reading past the original Ultimate, he ends up there. He's a god. Well, no, I know he's a god. Like, I, I know it's not no, no, right, like but... it's not. Oh, okay. it's just him. Red hair. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if they'll kind of call back to that, though. And that's something that Thor loses in Ragnarok. That belt helped him gain back in yeah. Infinity War. Because that's so next up is Thor Ragnarok. Yep. And then what do we have before the is the Avengers next spring? Thor Ragnarok. Black Panther. That's right. Avengers 1. Captain Marvel. Mm. Whatever else they got coming out. I think Avengers 2 is that same year. It comes out same date the following year. Yeah, it's one year apart. And then all the Avengers, Marvel, Avengers. Avengers, Captain Marvel, Avengers. Correct. And I'm sure there'll be another movie in between there. I just know Captain Marvel um, is the next release Ant-Man. after Ant-Man and Wasp. Okay. Oh. I'm not excited for that because really? I don't think that What's Your Butt from Lost is very good. Oh, really? I like her. I don't like her very much. I yeah. love Paul Rudd. Though. Yeah, I love I Paul I still Rudd. really I just, enjoyed Ant-Man. I love Ant-Man. I just recently. don't like her very much. I like her enough. She's I'm just very... With their bangs fact, I think it would be awesome if she was, if face. she shows up as Wasp in Infinity War. I hope that happens. I think we're gonna see everybody. Yeah, I think so too. I'm hoping Phil Coulson comes back. You know? Oh, that would be the time to That'd do it. Awesome. Yeah. How have they not had that interaction between him and Cap? Well, like there has to be a payoff for that, right? Well, they he's perf- he's purposefully stayed away, but now they can also use the excuse that Cap's on the run, so it's not like anyone knows where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. So because. It very much closely follows the MCU. So. Remember how ten years ago, almost that was like such a huge fucking thing. Coulson like lives. Coulson, Coulson was like this, and then they put him on a TV show that's hard to watch. Oh my god, <laughs> I dig it. it's so good. I, it's just too Dude, long. The LMD, yeah. good god, it was so great. I know. I need to they go I, into I the alternate world. Have you been there yet? No, I haven't gotten there. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Hydra's running everything. It's awesome. Fitz is like head of Hydra. It is. Fucking great. (laughs) All right, dudes. Well, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of Spider-Man. I'm going to go see it again. I think we can wrap up on. Is is there anybody not recommend this movie? I recommend that people go check it out. This was amazing. I have no complaints whatsoever. Amazing. Spectacular even. Yeah. Sensational. Many other movies. (laughs) Sensational. I I think we got to end on that. (laughs) This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East, Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes. Be sure to check out our friends through being cool, and we'll catch you guys next week.